Romans 15, if you have a Bible. If not, I'm going to read actually out of the message paraphrase. The Bible says this, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what's most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Ooh, that'll preach. Thank you, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message translation. Each one of us needs to look after the good of people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? I feel the spirit of Walmart right there. How can I, how can I help? How can I help? Strength is for service, not for status. I want to preach just a couple of minutes tonight from the subject. Strength is for service. Strength is for service. Holy Spirit, I just pray uh, in these moments that we have together that you would speak clearly uh, through the word of God and through this broken vessel, this preacher. I pray that I would decrease and you would increase. I just pray, Lord, that uh, this word would be beyond principles and just good life advice and the spirit of it would arrest our hearts and change our lives. I believe that this word uh, can literally catapult us into everything that you have for us. And so speak, Lord. We're listening. And we're not just listening. We're ready to obey. We're ready to walk it out. We highly value and honor your word. And we come under it right now. We submit to it. And we know that your word is life. Your word is is supernatural and your word can change us from the inside out so speak speak holy spirit in jesus name amen and amen and amen man i just feel such a great presence of god here huh this beautiful thank you brother uh let me give you three things about about serving and about having a servant's heart and about servanthood number one your you have a strength and it is for service you have a strength and it is for service. Now, some of y'all didn't know that, but you do have a strength. See, uh, let me show you our vision really quick. It is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That, that, that's what we're all about at this church. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom. We want to help people discover purpose. And we want to help people make a difference. And uh, this message is really about those last two. We want to help you discover your purpose and make a difference. And, and you just need to know that you have a purpose. You need to know that you have a strength. Maybe mama never told you that, or dad never told you that, or a teacher never told you that, but you have a strength. You have a grace. You have a gift. You have a unique anointing. You have a unique way in which you see the world. And all the married people said amen because your spouse has a very unique way of seeing the world. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You have a unique burden. There are things that move your heart that don't move anybody else's heart. There are things that stir you that don't stir other people. Don't judge them for not being moved. It simply means that God has assigned you to that problem. Oh. So, so we don't look down on people for not feeling what we feel, but we are going to be accountable to God for the feelings he put on the inside of us. See, there's a, there's a burden God gave me. There's a unique perspective God has given you. There's a, there's a grace that God gave you. You have a strength and it is for service. But what is the strength? The strength is the thing that comes easy to you and that you're good at. It's the thing you love to do and you're good at doing. Um, there are things you love to do, but you're not good at doing them. 
any singers in the house that are never going to sing on a microphone, praise the Lord. But man, you are fire in the car. You know what I'm saying? You're incredible in the shower, but we're going to keep it in the shower. Amen. We're just, we're not going to bring it to God's house. You're, you, you love doing it. You're good at, you know, you're, you, you love doing it, but you're not good at it. Uh, that's not what I'm, t- I'm talking about. Your strength is the thing you love to do and you're good at doing. Some of you can sell ice to an Eskimo. You're just a salesman. You're just good at it. It's easy. You, you, like, you, like the, you like the conversation. You like the art of the deal. You like the whole, you like the whole process. You like taking someone from, from, from zero to 10. You, you love the whole process. Uh, the, the thought of selling anything is going to give me a nervous breakdown. I just can't even imagine it. And yet I can get up on this stage and I can preach all day. This is the easiest thing I will do all week. Because it's, it's, my, it's my strength. I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I didn't earn it or deserve it. It's, this is just very easy for me. The easiest thing I'll do all week, easier than meeting with people, easier than, than writing the sermon, easier than the prayer time that goes into it, and there's a lot of it, e- easier than anything I do, easier than leading worship or singing, communicating God's word is the easiest thing I do. It is a strength. You all have a strength, and there's some strengths that seem so obvious or so church-friendly, maybe singing or preaching, but in reality, the church will only really be the church and only really make the impact that they're called to make whenever we take what God has put on the inside of us and we take it to our world. Every miracle found in the book of Acts, not one of them happened in the temple. They happened outside. They happen outside of the four walls. So it was not a come and see gospel. It was a go and tell gospel. And, and you got to see the, the greatest strength of our church is actually our greatest weakness. We got great preaching. No, not one amen. I didn't need one. We just do. And we have incredible worship. And the, oh, well, thanks. Okay, there's... <laughs> And the temptation is, that was your moment to say, man, you missed it, but I ain't even mad at you. I'm going to forgive you over this holiday season. That our greatest strength is actually our greatest weakness because the, the strength of it is I'm going to go watch. I'm going to go listen. Oh, man, our music is fire. Oh, our preacher is funny. The, the issue, oh, thanks. I finally got one amen. The issue is, I'm teasing. The issue is, that we actually think is an event that we go spectate. In reality, we're supposed to take what is on our life and we're supposed to take it out to our world, serve our world, help our world. But you have a strength. You have a gift. You have a grace. It's the thing you love to do. It's the injustice that breaks your heart. It's the thing in your heart that moves you. Now listen, your strength is God's gift to you. But what you do with it is your gift back to God. See, what God gives you does not make you great. It's what you do with it that makes you great. It's how you steward it. It's how you work it that makes you, it's, it's how many people you're able to bless through it that makes you great. Your strength, by the way, is not your identity. You know, Jesus does not call me Pastor Jabin. And neither does my wife. 
That would be creepy. <laughs> and neither does my daughter. So the three most important people in my life don't call me pastor. You know what that tells me? It tells me that's not my identity. Pastoring is what I do, but it's not who I am. I am a child of God. I am loved by the Father. I am accepted into the beloved. I am part of the family of God. I am called chosen, and I'm loved by God. But, but, but my title is not my identity. What I do is not my identity. Listen, your strength is not your identity. Your strength is a tool that you use to serve others. Some of the saddest people I know are the most gifted people I know. Some of the most gifted people I know are some of the most insecure people I know. Y'all know someone who's just so gifted and they're so insecure? And you're thinking to yourself, if I had your gifts, I wouldn't be insecure. And they're probably thinking the same thing about you. I have a friend who has a billionaire, suavecito. It's your name now. It just is what it is. It's his Instagram handle. Um, I have a friend. He has a billionaire in his church with a B, not an M, a B, a billionaire. And that billionaire walked up to my, my pastor friend with tears in his eyes and he goes, I just wish I could do what you do. And my pastor friend looked back at him with tears in his eyes and said, I just wish I could do what you do. <laughs> Because no matter what you do, the devil's going to tell you it's insignificant. And no matter how good you're, you are at it, the devil's going to tell you you could be better and you should be doing more. The devil's always going to talk you out of your strength. Not working your strength, increasing your strength, and serving from your strength, but rather focusing on your weakness and focusing on other people's strength. Never able to do something great with your own life because you're so concerned with the greatness of another when in reality you're missing the very thing that God put on the inside of you that he's calling you to use to be a blessing to other people. Can I get an amen, somebody? I have a strength, but it's for service, not for status. So it is my responsibility to connect my gift, my passions, and my strength to helping people establishing God's covenant in the earth and serving the body of Christ. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm, I'm, I have a responsibility to connect my gift, my passions, and my strength to helping people, serving people, to establishing God's covenant in the earth and to building God's church. And I have a strength, but I, but I can't let it stop its status. Now, it's going to bless your status. It's going to bless your bank account. It's going to bless your life. It just can't stop there. It's got to lead into service. Number two, service sanctifies my want. Service sanctifies my want. Look at this in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Jesus is going to compare worldly leadership to kingdom leadership. And he's about to say they are diametrically opposed. They are radically different. The way that we lead in the kingdom should not look like we lead in the world. It should be totally different. 
It should feel different. It should sound different. It should have a different tone. It should have a different pace. It should have a different grace. Jesus is saying it shouldn't look like that. And see, even as a church, I, I get, you know, people even say things like, well, J.B., you know, I get it. The church is a business. Well, technically it is. Technically it's a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. But in reality, we don't run this thing like a business. This is not just an organization. This is a living, breathing organism. This is not just a business we run. It is a family that we steward. This, is, this, this should not look like Buffalo Wild Wings. This should not look like Vaughn's. This should not look like Starbucks or Lee's, probably especially Lee's. Amen. <laughs> this should be different. Not so. I shouldn't lead this thing like just a corporate leader because God never called me into corporate leadership. God called me to be a pastor. And so this thing should look different. And Jesus says, as a Christian leader, it should look different. It, our, our world system is whatever I, whoever I have to step on and whatever I have to do to get to the top. And Jesus said, it's going to be radically different in the kingdom. Instead, whoever wants to be, bring it back up. This is verse 43. Whoever wants to become great. Now, just leave that up for a second. Jesus did not say you can't be great. Are y'all with me? He's not saying you can't desire to be great because a desire for greatness is the flesh. No. You can desire to be great. You can desire to have a great name. You can desire to run a great business. You can desire to have a great family. You can desire to leave a great legacy. Greatness is not wrong. It just has to be properly defined. He said, he said anyone who wants to be great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I love how Jesus said, not so with you. I pray that's always our spirit. I pray that we always look different than the world. I, I pray that this doesn't feel like a casino. I, I pray this doesn't feel like a night's game, even though I love going to night's games. I, I pray this does feel different. I pray this doesn't feel like a Raiders game. I, I pray this doesn't feel like a club or a lounge. I, I pray this has its, because, because there should be something kingdom and holy and beautiful and safe about God's house. And I pray that I don't just run this thing like a corporate leader. And I pray that we don't just do this thing as a corporation, but I pray there is something different about us. I pray it's holy. I pray it's strange and odd and peculiar to people. Why do you love like you love? Why are you humble like you're humble? Why are you kind like you're kind? Why are you sweet when you don't have to be sweet? Why do you turn the other cheek? Why are you forgiving? Why are you nice to me? We don't look like each other, but you're sweet to me. Why are you kind to me? We don't, we don't believe the same thing about politics, but, but you can see beyond that. I pray that we are greater and deeper than Facebook posts and political rants. I hope we can live from a kingdom place that is deeper than who is or who is not in the White House. I pray that we have something greater. Jesus said the kingdom should look different. It should be patient, loving, humble, and warm. And he said whoever wants to be great, it's okay to want to be great. You just have to define greatness the right way. He said it's okay if you want to lead. It's okay. Because listen, that's actually been put in you by God. When God created Adam and Eve, he said, I want you to be, be, be fruitful and multiply 
and I want you to take over. I want you to subdue the earth. Like God said, you're in charge. Like that's in us. You do want to be in charge. If you don't think you want to be in charge, just get married. You'll find out quickly. (laughs) Did you get married and you found out, oh, you want to be in charge too? Oh, oh, praise the, oh, we both want to be the boss. Okay, amen. And then you have kids and they think they're in charge. (laughs) Little two-year-old saying, mine. It's like, no, girl, that ain't yours. Am I preaching to myself? Okay, amen. But it's actually in you. you. Don't run from it. Just sanctify it. Look what he told Abram in Genesis 12 too. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. In other words, I'm gonna do an incredible work in your life and I'm gonna do an incredible work for you, but it better go through you. It better not stop with you. It better impact the next generation. And it better do something in the earth. He said, he said I'm going to bless you. Awesome. Praise the Lord. I'm going to make you great. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm loving all this. But now there comes great responsibility with that. It must not stop with you. It must flow through you. And if it's stopping with you, you're missing the beauty of what God can do with your life. So, so for me, you know, preaching and singing and leading and pastoring, all those things are great. But it better not be about status. It better be about service. And none of those things make me great. You know, you can be great at something and not be a great person. That's why I don't like to meet celebrities. You know what I mean? Because I love them from afar, but sometimes I've heard, you know, bad things about them. So I'm like, I'm just going to let them walk by because I can't handle the rejection if I ask for a selfie. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I've met great preachers that aren't the greatest people. You know what I, you know what I love? What the, my favorite thing that it happens every week, someone will walk up to me and they go, I go to your church. And I'm like, well, it's your church too. And they're like, oh yeah. And then we'll talk. <laughs> and then we'll talk and they'll go, you're so nice. And I go, thank God. And to me, that's the win. Like, I hope I'm living this. And I hope you're living it in your context. So it's not just about what you do, but it's about who you are. So, so let, me, let me submit this to you. I believe the American dream is amazing. It's just incomplete. I want every one of you to experience the American dream, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I want every one of you to own a home. I want every one of you to drive a safe car. And I know you got angels protecting you, but I think airbags are also incredible. Amen. (laughs) I want every one of you to send your kids to college and pay for your baby's weddings. I want that for every one of you. I I want you to have an incredible life. I want you to experience the American dream. But listen, it just can't stop with you. I pray that the American dream matures to where it becomes the kingdom dream. What is the kingdom dream? The kingdom dream is I'm going to be a blessing to my family because the Bible says a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. 
But then it can't just stop there. It has to go into how can I be a blessing to other people? So it's not just me, me, me. That's a small life. But it's got to be a God use me to impact the world. That's a big life. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a big life. We're talking about big legacy. We're talking about big impact. We're talking about helping a lot of people go to heaven. We're talking about a lot of people experiencing eternal life. We're talking about a lot of people snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Can I hear an amen? It just can't stop with the American dream. It has to become the God dream for my life. So you got to take your dream, take your strength, take your gift, take your strength, and you lay it at the feet of Jesus. You lay it at the cross and you say, now God, use it for your glory. And then here's, here's where I want every one of us. I want every one of us to live in Romans 15 too. We read it at the beginning. How can I help? What if we just live there? How can I help? How can I be a blessing? That's where I want to live. And listen, if you'll ask the question, I promise you, God will answer. Did y'all hear me? Because not enough people are asking the question. Most people are asking, what's in it for me? Ooh, this is good preaching. But God is looking for anybody he can answer. Because if you'll say, God, how can I help? I promise you, he will give you a list of things to do. And he will give you significance. And he will bring significance to your strength. So it's not just status. It becomes service. And only service is greatness. Amen. Lastly, no matter your title, pick up a towel. No matter your title, billionaire. No matter your title, hundred air. (laughs) No matter your title, in debt air. (laughs) No matter your title, CFO, CEO, COO. No matter your title, professional athlete, no matter your title, stay-at-home mom, no matter your title, husband, wife, single, parent, child, nephew, niece, aunt, uncle, no matter your title, never drop the towel. Where's this found? John chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. All things were under him. And he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his weight. Listen to that. He got up from the meal. Let me just stop for a second and remind somebody, you can only sit at the table so long. You can only eat so much before eventually God requires you to use the energy he gave you from the food to be a blessing to somebody. But as long as you sit at the table and eat, 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 you will become a glutton for pleasure. And that food will never be enough. Because the food was only to give you enough energy for your next assignment. But it was never to stop at the meal. When do you eventually push the plate away and say, okay, I got my word. 
I got my food. Now it's time to help somebody. How long will you live there at the table? Because what was meant to actually give you sustenance is now making you sick. And you're now trying to get something from the food that the food can't give you. So you go from relationship to relationship. Oh, and in Vegas, everybody's drama. Every, oh, there ain't no real friends in Vegas. Everybody drama, drama, drama. Maybe. Did you like the dance moves? Praise the Lord. I got no love for my preaching, so I had to add some dancing to it. Maybe. You're the common denominator. There ain't no churches preaching the word in this city. I can't get fed. I had to leave my last church because they didn't feed me. Maybe that preacher can't get another spoonful in your fat mouth because you know so much. You know so much. You know enough to be critical, but you don't know enough to put it into practice and actually help somebody. And, I, and, I, and I've got no hate because to, my, uh, to the best of my knowledge, in nine months, no one yet has left because they haven't been fed. That's not what I'm, I'm getting at a principle. You're trying to find, how many spouses will you go through who do not give you the approval you want? And she is not hot enough for you. And he is not nice enough to you. And if they were just more affirming and God's saying, maybe it's time to push away the plate. Maybe you've had enough to eat. And now maybe it's time to serve. Maybe it's time to stop. How many jobs are you going to burn through? How many managers are you going to complain about? My manager's a jerk. My manager's awful. My manager's evil. You don't know my manager. Listen, maybe it's not the manager because you've had 12 managers. Maybe, maybe tomorrow you need to walk into work and you need to stop demanding that they serve you and maybe you need to show up on time. Wow, on time. And maybe you need to put in work and maybe you will do such a good job your boss won't even notice. Because that's where I really want to be. You don't need to talk to them. They don't need to talk to you. You need to do what you're supposed to do. How, how long are we going to eat from a plate? And God said, dinner's over. It's, it's time to do something with everything you know. Some of y'all still sitting at a table. And you're full. And you're sick. And you're diseased, you're diseased. And you can't find contentment, and you can't let nobody can help you, and you can't help anybody because God's saying it's time to push the, the meal is over. I gave you time. It's time to heal. It's time to move on. It's time to stop complaining about it, posting about it, talking about it, rehashing it. And it's time to say that was a season, but now that season is over. And now I'm going to help somebody. I'm not trying to step on your toes. 
I was telling Art this morning, I said, Art, I don't like preaching this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, but I mean, for real, and I know we need it, and I need it, but it's like, I just want to, you know, next week we're going to start a Christmas series. I'm just going to talk about hope. I'm going to talk about baby Jesus. I'm going to talk about the angels. And we're all going to have a warm and fuzzy and walk outside, drink hot cocoa, and I'll tis the season. And honestly, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, do I got to do the third week of big life or can we just start Christmas early, Jesus? And he said, no, because we need it. Because sometimes we just have to be reminded, dinner's over. Jesus knew when to eat, but he also knew when to stop. And if you still think I'm talking about food, dear Jesus, get on the YouTube next week and listen again. Because I ain't talking about food. pushes it away. Verse five. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples feet, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around them. Listen, all things were under his power, but nothing was beneath him. God forbid there are things that are beneath It might be under me, but it's not below me. There is a difference. And by the way, most of the time, your gift is bigger than your current moment. Because God wants to see what you'll do with your strength in a smaller situation. Can you, can you steward your gift in this little room, Javen? Can I trust you to put in the work with 225 people at a time? Because I've got two and a half thousand people at a time ready for you, but I need to know that I can trust you here. Can I, can I trust you with 40,000 a year? Can I trust you with 100,000 a year? Can I, can I trust you with 1,500 square feet? Some of you are like, yes! Okay, I'm going to move on. But his gift was bigger than the moment. But it wasn't bigger than his character. Jesus looked down knowing all things were under him, and what did he do? He went lower. Because though it was under his power, it was not below him. Listen, it is really hard to fall when I'm on my face. It's really hard to point fingers when I'm washing feet. It's really hard to criticize when I'm on my knees. (laughs) And so many of you have believed a lie. That to serve means you're going to be taken advantage of. It's a lie. Well, I was taken advantage of in my last year. I can't, I can't even talk about that because I don't know that. And there's two sides to every story, so let's move on. Don't believe the lie of culture 
that because you're serving or a servant, you're a doormat or people are going to take advantage of you. It's just that serving is so radically different than our culture. But if I'm not willing to go low, am I really ready to go high? How can God elevate if I'm not willing to descend? If you're too big to serve, you're probably too small to lead. God bless you guys. I'm out of here. God has a big life. But can you stay small? Can you stay low? Can you stay humble? What do you do when you know you're the most important person in the room? What do you do when you know you're the most powerful person in the room? What do you know when you're the most, what do you do when you're the most gifted person in the room? What do you do when you're the wisest person in the room? What do you do when you are the most anointed person in the room? What do you do when you're the wealthiest person in the room? I pray that we can do what Jesus did. He knew he was the most powerful person in the room, but it didn't stop him from serving And it's really where the significance is. And so many of us, we are chasing significance. We are chasing titles. We are chasing recognition. We are craving applause. We have believed the lie that we need approval. And you're chasing approval. And as long as you need those things, listen to me, friend, they'll never be enough. It's okay, to, it's okay when they come and it feels good. Approval feels good, significance feels good, strength feels good, greatness feels good, but if you need it, you'll never have enough of it. So you'll keep chasing it, you'll keep desiring it, and it's like grabbing water, wondering why it's not enough to satisfy the thirst of your soul and you're grasping it but it's never enough and you're chasing it and it's never enough and it's never enough money and, and they're never good looking enough and, it, and you're never happy enough and, and they're never nice enough and you never get enough likes and you're, and you're never making enough and, you're, and you never feel secure and they were never nice enough and no one ever approved of you enough and, and you're chasing it and you can't get it but maybe... Just maybe this was never meant for your status. Maybe it was never meant to find significance in. Maybe I was never supposed to drink of this. Maybe I was supposed to pick up the towel and I was supposed to use it to wash people's feet. So maybe the money wasn't for me. Maybe the money was to be a blessing. Maybe my gifting wasn't about getting approval, but it was about serving others. Maybe your talent had nothing to do with people clapping for you, but it had everything to do with helping somebody else. But as long as you're trying to drink from it, it will never be enough. And I'm trying to hold on to something that I can't hold on to because God never gave it to you to drink from. 
He gave it to you to use. I refuse to be used by you. But I am going to use you. I refuse to let this become my identity. But I will use it as a tool to wash somebody's feet and to refresh somebody and to help somebody. We're trying to hold on to something that God said I never wanted you to hold on to. So stop trying to get it and start using it. Stop trying to drink it and start giving it away. Stop trying to own it and instead pour it out. And we're all here. And we, and we all want more of this. And God's saying, until you give it away, it'll never be enough. Stop begging for it. Stop trying to get people to notice it. Instead, use it as a tool that serves you and serves your destiny. So maybe the missing piece in your life right now is not approval. Maybe the missing piece in your life right now is not more accolades or more applause. Maybe the missing piece in your life right now is not a title. Maybe it's a towel. And you're chasing status and it's never enough because it was never meant to be enough. My significance is actually only found when I wash somebody's feet. That's real life. You ain't gonna hear this on a TED Talk. This is real life. You ain't gonna hear this from a motivational speaker that's all about me, all but you can do whatever you want. You can't do whatever you wanna do. You can only do what God tells you to do. So Jesus said it like this in Matthew 10, 39. If you cling to your life, You'll lose it. It's never enough. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. So I let go. And I let love. So I let go. And it's it's in the letting go that I actually find my life. It's in running to the back of the line that somehow God puts me in front. It's in somehow serving that God elevates me. It's in living my whole life to lift others up. And the whole time I was lifting you up, I didn't realize that the hand of God was behind me lifting me up. And while I was trying to get you higher, God was taking me higher. But it happened by accident, because you can't chase it. Because if you chase it, you lose it. But if you willingly lose it, you'll find it. So, Jabin, what do I do? Like, give me one thing, bro. <laughs> like, what do I, where do I go from here? How do I, how do I serve? Was this, was this whole thing a setup so I'll serve at City Light? No, but if you want to, I think you should be stupid of me to say not to. I think you should serve here. 
You serve by serving on a serve team. You serve by small groups. You serve by giving. I think you should serve. I think it's good for you. But that, that wasn't the point. If, if we need volunteers, I'll get up here and say, I need you. I want you to live a big life. But the big life doesn't happen till you give it away. The world of the generous gets larger. And I refuse to raise our daughter in a small house. I'm not talking about square footage. I'm talking about a small mindset. I'm talking about a small spirit. I refuse to be a small spirited pastor. I'm just not going to be small. I'm not going to let small things offend me. I'm not going to die on small hills. I'm not going to fight over small things. I'm going to be big. And I want a church to be a big spirited church. So what do I, so Jabin, like, what's, what do I do next? How do I, how do I work this out? Well, that's where Moses was. Moses said, God, I want to help my people. This is uh, Exodus chapter four, verse two. Moses said, I want to help my people. I want, I want to see them, I want to see them set free from, from the power of Egypt. What, what do I do? How do I, what, what do I do next? How do I, how do I help people? And God said, what's in your hand? Use what's in your hand. Moses said, I, I got a shepherd's rod. I got a staff. It's just a piece of wood. God said, put it on the floor for a second. He put it on the floor in verse three. We don't have it, but he put it on the floor. It turned into a snake. In other words, what you call natural, God calls supernatural. <laughs> I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, it's supernatural. What's in your hand? A, a baby? Yeah, supernatural. What's in your hand? A, a musical instrument? Yeah, supernatural. What's in your hand? God said, use that. Use what's in your hand, connect it to what's in your heart, and help people. I got this business idea, I think, that connect it to. I've got this idea for the connect it. I'm a realtor, connect it to the kingdom. What's in your hand? Connect it to what's in your heart. Give it a mission. It's supernatural. It's more supernatural than you think, and it's just as supernatural as anything we do on this stage. Your influence, your gift, your strength, just use it. Well, I just cut hair. What's in your hand? Scissors. Use it. I'm just a fitness instructor. Use it. One of our uh, friends here at our church, Kennedy, she has a spin class. And all week she was promoting on her Instagram, bring your blankets, bring your gloves, bring your gifts. We're giving them away. So all week people who do not go to our church brought her gifts that she brought here. What's in your hand? A, a bike? Use it. Well, I'm just a, there's no just a in the kingdom. 
you just, you just can't find significance in status. You have to find it in service. We just, we just got a little building on Decatur. Do you want it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We need it. Just use it.